Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Blog Talk Radio with the Power Network, one of our newer stations from Russ Terry, our CEO of the Life Coach Radio Network. And tonight, we're going to be talking about empowering others. Do you know anyone that lacks confidence, self-esteem, and needs motivation and inspiration to live out their dreams and goals? Well, this show is for you. We're going to be addressing what empowerment is and what it looks like in action. We'll highlight some tips to not only empower each other, but learn how to empower ourselves so that we can live out our designated purpose. It's our time to reach beyond what is typically expected and sound the world. Well, I'm Gina Sanisardo with Peace, Joy, New Coaching, and tonight we have a wonderful guest, Emily, and she will be telling us about all the amazing things that she does and where you can reach her and contact her because you will be amazed with what she tells us about empowering others and ourselves to get from point A to B. So, Emily, thank you so much for being with us. I am so honored and humbled that you're able to make the show. Thanks so much, Gina. I'm really happy to be here. Thank you. Yeah, so maybe tell a little bit about yourself, um, some things that you do. You're just such an inspiration for so many people about um, your business that you've created, um, some of your goals, and then let our audience know, too, how they can contact you and reach you. Sure. So um, I am the founder of a company called Purpose Ventures, which I founded last year, And I am a leadership and executive coach who works specifically with entrepreneurs, innovators, creators, change makers who are dedicated to transforming the world. And what I do is I empower and work with clients to amplify their leadership, their creativity, and ultimately their global impact. And that shows up both in their businesses and, of course, in their lives. And if people are interested in reaching me, they can always find me at my website, which is purposeventures.co. That's .co and not .com. It's very new age. It's very new new tech. <laughs> mm, wonderful. Yeah, no, and it, it's perfect. I mean, you're, you're really well-suited for our topic tonight. You're really an expert in that field about empowering others. And I know, obviously, you've been empowered along the way, too, so... What yeah. is what does it mean to be empowered? Let's maybe start with that. Sure. So, you know, I was thinking about our show tonight and I was thinking about what empowerment means specifically within the context that I use it and I've absorbed it. And one of the things I was thinking about is that the core of the word empower is the word power. And a mm-hmm. couple of years ago, I mean, you know, we all speak English. However, the words that we use don't mean the same thing for each other. So what power means to Mm -hmm. me doesn't necessarily mean the same thing to you. And I was thinking about the definition that really resonated with me a couple of years ago and actually changed the way that I even think about leadership, which is that power is the velocity or the speed with which the words that we speak become the things that we live. So Mm. when I heard this, yeah, and I want to slow it down for a minute. It's the velocity with which the things that we say, the words that we utter become the reality that we live. 
Right. The reason I love that definition so much is because if I say the word chair, and the way that the teacher had had taught this to me was, you'll get to the point where you're you're so powerful that you'll say the word chair and a chair will appear. Now, we're not talking about like a Mm -hmm. magical wand. I'm not talking about like, you know, becoming a magical witch and then that's what happens. This is actually really a real study of leadership and power. What it means, though, is that if I say the word chair, in order for a chair to have shown up in the world in front of me, I would have needed to enroll others in my desire to have a chair in front of me. And that's ultimately Mm. what power is. It's the ability to inspire other people to become so excited about what your outcome is that they feel compelled to participate in your achievement. And so when we think about that word as, you know, that definition of power, that ultimately is what's driving empowerment for others. It's about the excitement and the accomplishment of other people and having participants who are willing to be a part of that. Mm, I love that. That's a a great definition and um, really kind of paints the picture for me about what powerful leadership is versus maybe old style thinking about power is ultimate control. And um, exactly, you know, like kind of micromanaging, you know, instead of giving others freedom, as you said, almost being participants. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's fabulous. Definitely. Um, so now what kind of traits then would that person also have to have to kind of hold that power within them that others are being inspired? That's a, a great question. So one of the first things is the innate belief that you're worthy of that power. Mm-hmm. That's one of the first things that I work on with clients. And I also notice with people who are inspirational leaders is that they believe it. They believe in their own power. And in order to believe in that power, they need to have recognized, even in the first place, that they have power. And we each, mm-hmm. each and every one of us do. We are born with it. It's the way that it's our birthright. That's what it is. And when you become aware and you actually believe in your own power, from there it becomes a matter of actually exercising it and using it for things that matter to you, matter to others. Mm-hmm. And ultimately make the, play, the, the world a better place. Right. So for that power to kind of manifest, it almost sounds kind of like the law of attraction, right? Really kind of believing yeah. it and living in that moment. Yeah. No, that's great. That's wonderful. I love it. Um, so how does empowerment really like show up for people in their life? You know, I think when people feel really empowered – You know, it's an interesting concept because when when people feel empowered, it's almost as though the struggle disappears. So it's almost as though you don't need the, the notion of empowerment anymore because the need has disappeared. It's almost like, mm-hmm. you know, you eat a really great meal and you're full the concept Mm -hmm. of hunger disappears. You literally can't even remember what it feels like anymore. And the topic of being Mm -hmm. hungry also disappears. So when you're empowered, it doesn't become the thing that you're seeking anymore. It is the thing that you're actually being. 
Okay. So then how does that drive them forward then? It's an excellent question. I'm thinking about the best way to explain it. I guess the... When you're empowered within yourself, what happens in the experience of it is that you don't, you're not focused on yourself anymore. You start to become focused on others. That's how you actually know that you're empowered. That's mm-hmm. almost like the key indicator of your, your own internal empowerment and success is that you now start to focus on the world outside of you. And that's really the trick to it is that the more that you dwell on yourself or you dwell on what's not working in your own life, the more disempowered you become. The more that you focus mm-hmm. outside of yourself, the more that you have access to that perspective, if you want to call it that way, the easier it will be to obtain it. And innately, when you start focusing on others, a part of your brain will kick in that has to do with problem solving. And Mm -hmm. as you're looking for solutions, you start to move forward towards taking actions that are aligned with that commitment to being empowered, not only within yourself, but above all for others. Yeah, I think that's um, a beautiful analogy that you made, too, about being hungry and how that thought of it kind of dissipates, as well as you clarifying that once you really do become empowered, that need to feel it also disappears, and then you're more focused on others, too. And then probably it almost becomes a ripple effect, I would imagine, right, where you then begin to empower others, maybe not even being consciously aware of it, but being an inspiration for others, too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Awesome. I mean, it's, that's that's exactly. I think you know, a couple of years ago, someone was was asking me, you know, ultimately, what do you want to do with your career? And I said, I just want to, I just want to hold a candlestick, like a lit candlestick, and then help other people just stand in one place and let people come by and light their own candle with it. And I think that's ultimately what empowerment is. It's not belittling other people. It's not about um, condescending to anyone else. It really is standing within your own light and letting other people approach and get what they need in that time without, there's no, there's no diminishing of your own light in doing that. Um, It's endless. It just allows more people to have access to what they've already had their whole lives. They may just have forgotten. Yeah, exactly. Um, Again, another uh, wonderful idea about the candle, um, you know, being able to kind of spread that on and ultimately grow from yourself and move on to others. It reminds me um, of a quote, actually. Um, I want to say Marianne Williamson. I could be wrong. Um, It's kind of basically in a nutshell about us, you know, really embracing who we are and allowing our light to shine. And while we do that, we give others that same permission, knowing that they can Mm -hmm. live out to their fullest potential as well. Um, you know, that really embodies that whole idea, I think, about empowerment. So, yeah, no, beautifully said, definitely. Um, so what are some ways that you've talked a great deal about how you're empowering others, and that obviously goes without saying with your coaching practice with all the clients that you're helping and inspiring, but how have you felt empowered in the journey that you've had? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about this. There are two people who come to mind. So I had a boss. Um, very early on in my career, who I met when I was, let's see, I was probably, I was 21 years old. It was my very first job out of university. Mm -hmm. And 
this person was, there was, I met two of these amazing people in a six month time span and I've held on to their lessons for a very long time. And I should probably send them this podcast afterwards because I don't even know if they know mm-hmm. that they empowered me in this way, but I'll send them right, right, right. So one, one guy, his name is Steve, I was really struggling at the time because I hadn't figured out, I was working at an advertising agency and I was a strategist. So my role was to be the business side of the equation and to understand um, the research or the science behind how humans think what we think and to be able to Mm -hmm. articulate that in a way that would lead to business, you know, like the actual business deal itself. And I was working with all of these really amazing artistic creatives who are just the most incredible artists on the planet, what they could draw, what they could sing and write and visualize was beyond anything that I could even fathom and I was feeling really down about this I was feeling like sure yeah I can analyze data and you know make sense of it but I'm not really creative is what I kept saying to myself over and over again I'm not really creative and what happened was that this guy pulled me aside and he said why you know I've been observing you why do you think that you're so why do you think that you're not creative? And <coughs> excuse me. I said, well, I can't draw pictures and I can't do this and I can't do that and I can't do graphic design and, and yada, yada, yada. And he said, did it ever occur to you that what you do is a form of creativity? And I looked at him and I, like I kind of like made a weird eye, like weird eyes at him. I kind of scrunched up my face mm-hmm. and looked at him like, are you crazy? And he said, consider for a minute that you find a story within what data and numbers and um, information is telling you. Consider that without your ability to be able to interpret that information, that we would never be able to create the art that we create as a function of, of that work. Mm-hmm. And it hit me that, he had literally empowered me to see myself and to see that within my own gifts and talents and abilities was a tremendous opportunity for me to bring that to the team. And I hadn't seen it before. Mm -hmm. So I don't think he necessarily set out to, um, or perhaps he did, but, you know, he, I don't think he was setting out necessarily for a, a feel-good moment, but it was a tremendous right. gift because I really understood that these, you know, a conversation, one conversation can literally change your life and change the way mm-hmm. that you see yourself. Yeah, it really sounds like he challenged your perception about how you viewed creativity creativity from within, you know, what you were able to do and not do. Um, so it sounded like it was a very defining moment for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. For yeah. sure. One of the most um, defining moments specifically within the realm of empowerment. Yeah, that's amazing. And I, I think, like you said, I think probably the more authentic types of being able to inspire people is when it's, not known to because I think it makes it perhaps more genuine because it just comes right from the heart 
without you know, the intention being put out there. Um, oh, that's wonderful. That's a great story. So that's funny. Also, I'm wondering how how do you feel now about your create your creative side? Oh, I'm completely creative. And um, what was See? funny about Ooh. it was that <laughs> well, what was funny about it was that it I've always been creative. But it was a funny mm-hmm. thing where it almost went into hiding because I felt like I was comparing myself to others who were even more creative. And that's something sure. that happens sometimes, you know. I mean, I'm a classically trained singer of, you know, 10 mm-hmm. plus years. At the time, I had I'd been a singer for since I was very, very young. So already at that point in my life, I had been trained for 10 years. So for me to call myself not creative, even though I had mm. – um, musical ability, let alone any of the other things that I was adding on top of it about being an analyst and a strategist and a thinker instead of a All sure. of those things go into hiding when we start comparing ourselves to others. And so it was this really gentle reminder, not having to do with any of the artistic stuff, but having everything to do with my abilities that were in service to the larger business which is fascinating. Mm-hmm. I think that's mm-hmm. really kind of the big piece is that we can get really intimidated um, around something, especially when we enter a new realm. You know, we enter new jobs or new relationships and we start to feel like, well, hmm, am I good enough? Am I, you know, am I, am I smart enough? Am I creative enough? Am I, um, you know, fast enough? Like anything. And that becomes right. the you know, that inner critic is there and really is disempowering. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So what are some tips, if you could let our audience know, to really work, I guess, on a, we could look at this in a couple of ways. Let's start maybe with, like, empowering ourselves, like just with ourselves first. Because obviously if we don't feel empowered, it's going to be probably more difficult to, you know, inspire others along the way. So how can we look at helping ourselves grow and become empowered? Yeah, I'd, I'd also say it's not more difficult to, to even empower others without our own inner you know, empowerment, but it's actually impossible. It's impossible mm-hmm. to empower yeah. others without that sense of empowerment. And mm-hmm. that, that may have some people react to it, but the truth of the matter is we are a reflection of the world around us. So from an internal standpoint, from a personal standpoint, one of the first things that you can do is to just sit with yourself quietly for a moment and be honest. Ask yourself, how, how powerful do I actually feel in my life? Just ask the question. Maybe you want to journal about it. Maybe you literally want to ask mm-hmm. the question out loud to no one in particular. Maybe you want to sit with a really close friend, you know, a confidant or a spouse or partner, a parent, and ask that question aloud. You know, do I really feel powerful in my life? And see what comes up for you. Because it's an interesting inquiry. And the other thing is to choose a definition of power and empowerment that works for you. I've shared, you know, today I've shared a version that actually empowers me. When I, when I think about the definition, when I heard the definition, 
mm-hmm. when I think about the words, it literally refocuses me and energizes me. So what's your definition of power? What lights you up? What feels right to you without everyone else telling you what it is or who it is or how it's been written? Right. You know, so I think those two things to start out with, what is your definition of power and your definition of being empowered? And then, you know, how, how are you doing on that? You know, how powerful do you feel? How empowered do you currently feel? And just see what comes up. Because like I mentioned, you know, earlier in the conversation, the first thing you need to do is to become aware. Aware. And so often we're unconscious about what's really going on or what our true definitions of things are. Mm. No, I think that's great. Um, I think even starting with that first question of, you know, what is power and how much power do you feel you have? I think, you know, when people hear that word, then it really starts to open their eyes where they can examine their reality instead of maybe what they're thinking or perceiving is going on. But like, Hey, you know what? Gosh, maybe I do have more power than I think, or maybe vice versa. Like, wow, I am totally at a loss. I don't know what to do. And I really need to, you know, find a way to move forward. Um, So I think breaking it down like you did with the word power is probably the first step to really kind of open their eyes and get them into an actionable place. Yeah, no, I think that's perfect. Yeah, so that's interesting. Um, I know you and I were sharing a little bit yesterday, uh, even a little bit today, too. Um, And one of the things that I've always said for me personally that empowers me or allows me to feel kind of power um, stirring within me is my faith. Mm -hmm. Like for me, that's my complete rock and my foundation. And you know, when I, I'm just kind of sitting here listening, kind of enjoying what you're having to say when you think about, like, power, like, where's my power? And it's, I feel power knowing that my, my faith is within me and all through me and in every course of my life. And it gives me a sense of power, but I like how it aligns with the definition you gave. Not that I have, you know, crazy cosmic power or anything, but the power to allow others to kind of um, – you know, gain for me and participate and be inspired and do better for the world. So I, I think that was a great way of clarifying what all that means for people. And again, people have their own preconceived ideas about what power is and empowerment and really first learning what it is and kind of educating themselves to that. Um, And then finding what works for them, like you were saying, what really works to make you feel empowered um, I think that's fabulous. Thank you. Yeah, no, that's wonderful. Um, Absolutely. So we're at a point in the show where I just want to remind our listeners, um, if any of them are kind of uh, stirred up by what we're talking about, our call-in number is 619-924-0980. And then all you have to do is press 1, and we'll be able to talk live. But, um yeah, no, that's just, it's fascinating, really. Um, so I'm wondering if you could share a little bit about your journey, kind of where you were and to where you are now, because really your your story is quite successful, and we, totally when we think about the idea of empowerment and how you've allowed that to happen in your life and how you've embraced it, and now you're doing that for others, too. Sure, sure. Um, let's see, should I focus on my professional career, my professional journey, or personal, or a mix of both? Yeah, you know, I think a mix of both might be nice, as people can kind of see uh, two ends of the, kind of the spectrum. 
Sure. And truth be told, they're probably one in the same story. So um, yeah, very interesting. Whether I tell my, whether I tell my business story, my career story, or my personal story, um, you know, I think the way that it started for me in my life is that I've always known, I've always known that I wanted to help people, and I specifically always knew that I wanted to make people feel better. That was like a really important distinction that I made when I was very young. And I still remember actually my parents had a dinner party when I was seven years old. And I remember, I don't know, shaking one of my parents. Um, they had some friends over and I shook someone's hand, this, this man, I shook his hand and he said, it's so nice to meet you. You have such a great handshake. What do you want to be when you grow up? And I looked him square in the eyes and I said, I want to be a doctor. And at seven Mm. years old, that's what I thought it would mean to be the thing or the person who would make people feel better. Because that was, I didn't know what a coach was, by the way. Like, I didn't, (laughs) that wasn't, it wasn't like, oh, yeah. Um, And so what happened throughout the rest of my, you know, career, like from a childhood perspective, was that I shadowed my doctor, like my, my real doctor, my GP. Mm-hmm. And I, as I was kind of going through it and watching people get shocked and all that, I was like, yeah, I don't think this is really what I meant by making people feel right. better. Yeah. <laughs> and when I was 18 and I went to university, you actually do have to make a choice um, in the Canadian system. I'm American, but I went, I went to McGill University in Montreal, and you do need to choose the school that you're going to go to. It's not like in the States where you have a liberal arts year. You do need to choose right away when you're 18. And so Mm. they were like, well, are you going pre-med or not? And I'm like, oh, goodness gracious, no. No, 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 no. So I opted for business. I chose the business school. And I studied marketing specifically because what I've been drawn to and what I got clear on over and over again was, oh, I care about human psychology. I care about how we view ourselves, what we're motivated by, um, our perceptions of self, how we make sense of the world, how do we know um, who we are and who others are. I was always, always fascinated with that. Mm-hmm. And I knew it was tied to the big question around how do I help people to feel better? So I knew it was correlated there. And, and marketing was an interesting thing because from a psychology perspective, and that's ultimately what marketing comes down to is how do you market a product or a service in such a way that someone feels compelled to participate with their wallet. Really, that's what it, that's mm-hmm. what it is. And sure. when sure. I started my career, I was working at, as I mentioned, that advertising agency with brilliant people. I mean, they were brilliant people, but what was lacking for me was that I was spending my time trying to figure out, no matter how much great work I did, I was still supporting the industry in order to sell more sneakers, you know, shoes, to sell more um, uh, movies or to sell candy or to sell um, soda or food. It wasn't anything that, in my personal opinion, was making the world a better place. And that was really lacking, Mm -hmm. you know, and that really bothered me a lot. And I went on a trip I went on a trip to Israel, and when I was in the desert, so speaking of faith, um, 
all Jewish people have the opportunity to go to Israel on a trip called Birthright. And I, it's 10 days, all expenses paid trip to go and visit what is essentially the homeland. And Mm -hmm. it was an incredible trip for so many different reasons. One of which was that when I was there, I just took time to sit quietly in the desert. And I just said to the universe to no one in particular, and yet everyone, I think I just said, I am here for a purpose. I know I am. Use me for that purpose. Like put me to use. I'm here to serve. I'm here to help. I know my gifts are not being used in the right way, but just please know that I am a willing participant in helping this world become the most amazing version of itself. And within three days of that prayer that I put out into the world, I received an email from a former boss of mine. And in the email, he said, I know that you want to make a big impact in the world. Do you want to do Mm. something completely different? And that was the beginning of an incredible journey where I ended up moving from Canada down to Los Angeles in a matter of a few days once I returned Mm -hmm. from that trip. And I started working at the XPRIZE Foundation, which is an organization dedicated to solving the world's grandest challenges through the use of an innovation model called incentive uh, incentive challenges. And that was really where I started to meld kind of this world of impact, you know, human psychology and motivation. Um, And then from there, what I ended up doing was creating a spinoff of the organization called Hero X. And the whole purpose there is that it allows anyone to launch a challenge to solve a world problem or a local problem that Hmm. they care about and empowers them to use that model for their own and their community's benefit. Yeah. That sounds really exciting. That's really cool. I've never heard of that. Yeah. That's really neat. Um, So then what got you into coaching then from there? Yes. Well, so one of the things that is um, essentially kind of the – the big leap was that in running the other company, Hero X, the, there was almost like there were two chapters of my experience in, in founding that company. The first two years were very, very difficult. The second two years were much, much easier. And the reason mm-hmm. was because I hired an executive coach for myself. And I worked mm-hmm. with a coach. Okay. So that when I was experiencing the ups and downs of starting a company as one does, I was able to take that energy and digest it on a weekly basis in order to choose my actions moving forward. So I kind of, I thought of it almost as like, those were almost my weekly empowerment sessions. I didn't realize that language until now, but that's kind of what they were. Mm -hmm. Right when we got the company to a place that I had three goals that I set out to achieve. And when we achieved all three of those goals, I took time off. I took a mini sabbatical. I took um, some time really to say, you know, what was it that I wanted to do next? Did I want to set three new goals for the company or did I want to do something new and different? And what I was led to was that my executive coach inspired me to want to become a coach and to work with other founders and entrepreneurs we're building other amazing companies and I wanted to be alongside them for that journey, but in a totally mm-hmm. different capacity. So yeah, right, so I spent right. all of last year, um, you know, preparing for that and 
as you know, we were students together and peers together and really moving into that space. Yeah, that's amazing. You know, um, what I think is so remarkable um, when you think about empowering, I think one of the biggest things that helps enable people to move in the right direction is hearing other people's stories too, because I think those are inspiring. They motivate. Um, I think people find common ground. Um, I think it also allows people to think, well, you know, if she could do it or he could do it, then why can't I do it? Right. You know, why do I limit myself? You know, why do I put stipulations or conditions on certain things? Um, And so I, I love sharing stories because I really think it kind of breaks the barriers of any limitations that people have, you know, just society in general or sky's the limit. Um, so it's really neat to hear how you were embarking on that journey and then got to the place that you're at and you're, and I, I know, as you said earlier, you're just literally, you know, doing exactly what you want to be doing. And I know you're so very passionate about it. So that's, mm-hmm. that's wonderful. I, you know, totally applaud what you're doing and congratulate you for doing it too. Thank you. It is my greatest joy, what I'm doing. It is literally my greatest joy. And I can say without, you know, literally zero doubt in my mind, I am doing the thing that I was destined to do. And I'm so Mm -hmm. grateful for the, the past that led me here. Because while it was, there were certainly moments that were very frustrating and painful, And there were moments where, I mean, I tell this story in retrospect, right? But I'm sitting here in the future of my past story. So there are moments when, and I'm sure there are some listeners who are are, are literally thinking, oh, I know, I cannot, I am not going to quit my job or I'm not going to leave this relationship that I've been in for a long time or I'm not going to break up with that friend who, on the other side of your fear, And when you act with courage, because by the way, the fear isn't going anywhere until you take action, Mm -hmm. on the other side of that is a life you actually love living. And I am am proof of that. Yeah, that's awesome. That's great. So when you help your clients, what do you find to be their biggest struggle? (laughs) I would say hands down. The biggest struggle is that they have forgotten, they have only forgotten how powerful and wise they are. Mm. That's really what yeah. it comes so down to. Why do you suppose? Is it just maybe they're too busy or maybe lacking confidence? Or why do you suppose that they are kind of forgetting that inner gift and wisdom they have? Because I think in the society that we live in currently, and I can only speak to, let's call it North American culture and society, because I haven't lived in Europe mm-hmm. to, to, or Asia or Africa to speak to this, but within our right. society, I think that it behooves us as a society to keep people down and to keep people in the mm-hmm. dark and to keep people from remembering um, how powerful we actually are. And so... Mm-hmm what that looks like in the daily living experience is that the movies that we see in mass media or the shows that are available on television or um, the music that we listen to incessantly on the radio, all of these things have, have messages within them about complacency, 
about sure. being um, focused on tangible objects and obtaining mm-hmm. things instead of the journey, the internal journey, which is far more rewarding and frankly far more interesting than any of the, the external elements of, of um, obtaining things or acquiring things. Mm-hmm. So that sort of gets me wondering, like where, and I, I say we, you know, I'm just thinking we as a society, but like where should we start implementing empowering people or maybe when is the more appropriate word? Well, you know, I think empowerment starts immediately and it's, it, it, it literally, again, I, I want to reiterate, it takes only one conversation to change your life. Mm-hmm. And it may be that you have one conversation with yourself that is filled with compassion. It is filled with the acknowledgement that you're learning and you're on a journey and that it may not have always been obvious, but that it is there. And as soon as you get that, every other conversation becomes a function of that newfound being. You know, it really uh, struck a chord with me when you said about um, having that conversation with yourself, you know, being compassionate with yourself. I know that's kind of been like a, I don't want to say a common thread or kind of a new hot topic, but just people learning to be gentle and compassionate with themselves and, maybe that's even the root of being able to feel empowered is that they're not their worst inner critic, you know, that they're not the ones carrying themselves down, you know, because we probably ultimately believe our voice more than anyone else's, which is, you know, interesting yet scary at the same time. Um, And when we think about in terms of power, we have that power to enable and empower ourselves or to totally destroy ourselves. And I think you're right. I think you're exactly right with the society we live in between social media and where perhaps some unhealthy forms of competition that some people have started to uh, (laughs) become members of um, is definitely that teardown process where that competition comes in and you start to wonder and self-doubt and really listen to that voice of criticism more than empowering and giving you the power and courage. So, yeah, I think that's great. Having that first conversation with yourself. I think I was expecting you to say, well, you know, maybe having it with someone else as a role model, but I, I think you're right. I think it does have to come within and that's it, kind of the place it has to start. Otherwise, like you said earlier, it becomes impossible then to look outside of yourself to see how you can actually be a service or help others. Exactly. And, you know, I'll be, I'll be really honest about the, for me uh, personally around role models for me personally, I tend not to look to role models and I tend not Mm -hmm. to look outward from an outward perspective to others. It's certainly one thing to be inspired by someone in terms of what they've overcome. And it, in my mind, it belongs in a certain moment for, for that inspirational moment and to observe or gain a lesson or gain a perspective. But I, I think that's exactly what a lot of American society has perpetuated is this, you know, focus on idols and on role models Mm -hmm. and on looking to others to get our lessons when in reality, and that's what I'm talking about in terms of the perspective that you have the answers within yourself. You've always had the answers within yourself. And 
anyone who's listening to that, that phrasing and is saying, well, that's not true. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the answer. Just try it on for size. Stand in a mirror for a moment and whatever you're dealing with that has to do with something very difficult, maybe it's a difficult work project or a difficult relationship, stand in the mirror and say, I know that I have the answer and it's making itself apparent to me soon. I know I have the answer and it's making itself known to me soon. And what you'll find is that before you know it, you know exactly what to do. And you didn't need to Mm -hmm. Google it. You didn't need to call 15 friends. You didn't need to call your parents. You didn't Mm -hmm. need to text everyone. No, you knew the whole time. Yeah. No, I think that's great. Um, It's interesting. Like you, I never really grew up with any um, role models either because I think what starts to happen with people is we expect them to be some sort of like divine creature that has no flaws or imperfections. In the minute that they they don't adhere to our expectations, then oh you know every everything was you know um, just just in chaos you know when everyone's kind of um, you know upset with these people for not being these perfect images for others and it's interesting you know when you're thinking about all the answers being in ourselves we do we have that inner wisdom you know whether we call it inner wisdom or intuition or you know some people look at that even being like their source their faith. You know, really mm-hmm. believing that, yeah, we are all powerful beings, as you said. You know, that's our birthright, and that's something that was innately created within each of us, and we all have it in the palm of our hands. And yeah. really learning to silence kind of the outside world and what it keeps telling us so that we could really be still in this place and space and hear what's within us. But I think uh, being able to take ourselves outside of that distraction because our, you know, and, and, you know, we're all, you know, guilty to the craziness and the schedules and we all have so many things to do. But, you know, to really sit in that quiet place and just really deeply go with inside of yourself and tap into that inner wisdom or the intuition or whatever anyone wants to call it and know that those answers are there. Definitely. Absolutely. I mean, one of the other things I wanted to mention is that um, I, for me personally, I don't sit necessarily in silence. So for if, if there's anyone who's listening who does like to sit quietly and can find the time, that's wonderful. I personally find that I get most of my inner wisdom. It will come to the service, surface very clearly when I take a walk in the morning. I take a walk in the morning and a walk in the afternoon for 20 minutes mm-hmm. and it's a route that I have charted and I know exactly how long it takes me. So the reason I mention that is not just from an efficiency standpoint, but I say that because if I know that I'm going to step outside of my home and I'll be back in exactly 20 minutes, it makes it very easy for me to go on autopilot almost, if you will, with my body to let my mind start mm-hmm. to expand um, and right, that's, right. I want to offer that to anyone who else is, you know, whoever else is thinking about, you know, I don't like to sit quietly. I feel fidgety. A lot of the time what will happen is when we're using our bodies in a seemingly, and I'm putting air quotes around this, mindless activity, perhaps it's washing dishes, um, you know, perhaps it's as you're on the train to work, not when you're driving, by the way, I actually don't, I do not <laughs> ever want anyone to do this when they're driving. You should be engaged with your driving when you're driving. 
um, but you get to have access then as well. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think the key is, you know, being able to pull away from the worldly distractions that constantly plague us. Um, And like you said, you know, for some, it's sitting quietly. For others, as you said, it could be walking, exercising, trivial activities. Like you said, I know when I'm cleaning house, I just go through my mind. Um, But being in that space where, you know, we're not being pulled and tugged at, you know, and having that – Maybe instead of silence, maybe more kind of like a peaceful sort of way, again, where we're ex- kind of outside of society and not have to, yeah. you know, feel all demands that are put on us. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's so true. Yeah, I think that's that's so important. You brought up a, a really, I think, a, a, a really good point that we may want to highlight here as how might people know the difference between the inner critic versus the mm-hmm. inner wisdom because both of them mm. are voices within our being. So mm-hmm. I'd love for both of us to talk about the difference between the inner critic versus the inner wisdom voice. Yeah, yeah. Well, one of the things I remember learning from our training to become coaches, um, as well as for me, what I've always kind of personally felt is that inner criticism is kind of something that's almost like gnawing and nagging. Um, and it can sometimes, for me at least, cloud my judgment as to what reality really is. Um, it could often fill me with doubt and fear, um, not fear in a protective sense, like, you know, don't put your finger in the socket, but a fear where I limit my capabilities or um, limit my emotions or how I want to experience something versus when I think of inner wisdom, or again, you could call it intuition, or other people might call it, you know, like the voice of God, um, really feeling actually a more sense of peace when you tap into that, kind of a truth be told, that you know this is a reality, the truth, and it kind of feels right in alignment with what you believe and your values and um, where do you want to go with it? And I, I think just different feelings kind of surface with it too. So for me, that's that's sort of how I distinguish it. Um, and I'm sure everyone has their own sort of definition distinguishing the two. Exactly. Yeah, I think that so, yeah. I have a similar experience for sure. Um, you know, inner critic makes you feel badly about yourself and inner wisdom mm-hmm feels peaceful and is very Mm -hmm. straightforward in its guidance. And that's one of the other things I'd I'd really love to invite anyone who's listening to this uh, to consider is, you know, we were talking about, you know, define your own version of power, spend time Mm -hmm. also defining and understanding the different voices that are at play within you. So, you know, for instance, is your inner critic sarcastic (laughs) <laughs> or does it yell at you <laughs> or does it yell at you or you know what is it what is the specific tone of voice that your inner critic has for you personally versus your inner wisdom your inner knowing your intuition how does that sound for you and everyone's had an experience with intuition you know you've had moments where you knew exactly what you needed to do and they may feel fleeting but you have had them before and the more that you listen to that the more often it will show up and that inner critic won't get as much attention as it's used to getting. Mm -hmm. 
Right. It's almost as if you're sort of training your brain to think or to allow certain things to be perceived differently too. You know, Correct. it's just yep. kind of, you know, breaking the habit, you know, and, and changing and challenging the way that you view and the way that you feel about things. And then kind of, you know, with what we've learned also with coaching, thinking about how you want to respond to something versus even reacting to it, you know, how your typical mm-hmm. ways are. Um, so, I mean, so, so much of it is so interrelated. It's just, um, it's really quite fascinating. And I'm sure you'd agree too when you, and I'm sure, which is what you experienced when you had your own coach, which is kind of what enticed you into that uh, career. It's just, you know, the process itself is just so transformational. Um, you know, the way you really start to view and feel things and experience things. And I just, that in itself is empowering, you know, and it can't help but lead to want you to help others feel that same way. So it does almost become contagious, Absolutely. you know, just like you were saying. And it's evident that your inner yeah. wisdom was speaking to you as a child, you know, just right from the yes. start, you know, that's what you knew you wanted to do. Yes. And that's, yeah, that's spot on. I mean, I've, I, when I think about the seven-year-old version of me saying she wanted to help people to feel better, that's exactly what I get to do yeah. now. And for anyone mm-hmm. who's ever thought back to, I mean, really sit down and have a conversation with your seven-year-old self. If you were yeah. hanging out with him or her right now, what are, what did he or she want to be? And, you know, granted the language I had at the time was, uh, I want to be a doctor. But the core of it was I want to help people to feel better. That's like, tell me what job that is, and I want to go do that. Yeah. And as a seven-year-old, it makes sense that you'd relate that to a doctor because it's tangible, it's logical. You know, you go to a doctor, doctors (laughs) make you feel better, you know. Makes you feel better. So, (laughs) exactly, yeah. That's so funny. No, that's great. That's uh, that's wonderful. Um, So, kind of like I was telling you yesterday, it's hard to believe how our, our time starts to go by. Um, but what I what I want to do before we uh, wrap up and close is um, just, you know, remind our audience um, a way to get in touch with you again, maybe your email and or your website. Um, and then maybe you can leave our listeners uh, with some takeaways from what we've talked about tonight. Sure. So you guys can reach me and I look forward to, to hearing from you either at my website, which is purposeventures.co so that's www.purposeventures.co my email is emily e-m-i-l-y at purposeventures.co and I am looking forward to hearing from any or all of you if this resonated in your lives it's certainly an amazing journey in terms of takeaways and what you're leaving with tonight I highly recommend that you sit with Find either a quiet space if that's your thing or if you'd like to be more active, you're cleaning the house or you're en route by the train or you're walking somewhere exercising, take time to think about what the definition of power is for you and what the definition as a function of power is for empowerment. What does that mean for you? And if the first answer that comes to mind is, I don't know, just sit with it. Just sit with that. Be comfortable with the I don't know. And recognize and say aloud to yourself that even if you don't know right at this moment, the answer is on its way. You already have the answer. And it's becoming apparent to you soon. 
And the final thing to consider is that your definition of power is going to become and going to come from your inner wisdom. And so if you spend time getting clear on the difference between your inner wisdom and that what that voice sounds like versus your inner critic and what that sounds like, you'll start to be able to formulate your own definition of power that is driven from within. Mm. You know, and all joking aside, I actually feel more empowered just having had our conversation tonight too, you know, redefining what power is and what empowerment looks like. And um, just again, you know, hearing and sharing stories is a remarkable source for, you know, being motivated and inspired and, I feel moved, as I'm sure our listeners do as well, and uh, will want to continue empowering others as well. So thank you so much, Emily. You know, and I apologize. I, I know your maiden name is Fowler, um, so I didn't actually tell everyone your, your new name. Can you tell us <laughs> that? I, just wanted to be, I don't want to. No, not at all. No, it's okay. I don't know if my husband is listening, but it's all good. My maiden name is Fowler. My married name is Fowler Pellin. So. There we go. Excellent. All good. Perfect. So I just want to, you know, thank you again so much. This was just a wonderful conversation, um, really shed some light on some amazing topics. Um, And, you know, really um, talking to the whole purpose of this station, the power station about, you know, harmony and unity and how we can really help each other out in the long run. Um, And so I think this is just a perfect fit for this um, power station that we have, the network, and really allowing other people to grow and thrive from this as well. So I want to, again, thank you so much. Um, fascinating conversation. Um, and all our listeners have a great way to contact you now because um, I'm sure that you really intrigue them um, about what you do and how they can benefit from your services as well. Um, so this is Gina Sanasardo with Peace Joy New Coaching as well. And uh, I want to thank all our listeners for listening into the Power Network of the Blog Talk Radio Show. Feel free to tune in at any time as these are archived and listen so that you might feel empowered as well. So thank you, everybody, and have a wonderful night.